Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., or 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. I pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. May God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. When I was serving a parish in Western North Carolina, when I was feeling restless or anxious or uncertain, I would get in my car and drive down I-85 until I reached Belmont Abbey, a community of Benedictine Christians. I would sit in their basilica and I would pray about whatever was on my heart or rolling around in my brain. Sometimes I left feeling better, sometimes I left feeling worse, and sometimes I wondered if I had wasted my time. But it was a holy place, away from the everyday. And as I would leave, I would always stop and contemplate the font in the back of the church. This font is not a traditional font made of marble and carved with the symbols of the faith like ours. And moreover, it's not, it wasn't one of those immersion fonts where you can practically take a swim. Instead, it was this large, rough-hewn piece of granite, almost as large as a dining room table. And in the center, on the top, a, was a small, polished indentation where the priest would pour the water. And on the side of the stone, there was a plaque which read, Upon this rock, men were once sold into slavery. Now upon this rock, through the waters of baptism, men become free children of God. That rock was once an auction block. And now it is a reminder about how the resurrection can redeem all things. Standing there, touching the stone itself, a reminder of how horribly we can sin and how God's grace can redeem anything. That was always overwhelming. It vibrated with meaning. Today is All Saints Sunday, one of the greatest feasts of the church. And on this august occasion, we remember the great saints of the church, the Francis's, the Patrick's, the Andrew's, the Anna's. We also remember the many holy women and holy men the Episcopal Church honors throughout the year, the Lewis's, the Ochre Haters, the Mertons, and the Kings. We celebrate this day by welcoming two new sisters of Christ into the fold. But I believe most importantly... This day is a great day of the church year because we are reminded that all of us, yes, all of us, are called to be saints. 
St. Paul often began his letters to the early churches naming them as saints. Romans 1.7, for example, to all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints. But what does it mean to be a saint? We use that word a lot, so much that we've named sports teams after saints. And so I wonder if the expectations of being a saint haven't been muddled or muted. In 2016, what does it mean to be a saint? Does it merely mean to be good? Do we have to be blameless and without sin? If that's the case, no one can make the grade, certainly not yours truly. Moreover, that sounds kind of boring. Or is small s sainthood something more, something complex, something deeper? I love baptisms. They are hands down my favorite thing to do in worship. It is a pleasure to be a witness at a wedding as we did once again yesterday. It is an honor to celebrate the life of someone who has gone on to glory. It is a privilege to stand at this altar rail and share in the body and blood of Christ. But it is such a joy to hold a child or stand with an adult and proclaim those hallowed words, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever. But my favorite part, or, well, one of my favorite parts, is the question to the congregation, will you who witness these vows do all in your power to support this person in their life in Christ? And the response should always be a resounding, robust, stater-esque, we will. So if baptism is the initiation into sainthood, then being a saint is a lot more than just being good. The baptismal covenant, which we will say once again in a few moments, is a foundational document of the church and a remarkable distillation of what we as Episcopalians understand the Christian life to be. And I cannot emphasize its importance enough. But that's another sermon for another day. But by following that covenant, by abiding in that covenant and living into that covenant, we become part of something larger than ourselves. We are grafted onto the tree of Israel and become part of God's chosen people. We are saints when we join a community of faith and allow that community to form us, inspire us, question us, support us, and celebrate us. And this community of saints at the Chapel of the Cross and all communities of saints are called to do great things. In community, we are not only transformed, we are transformative. Like that horrible auction block that was transformed into a font, the Christian community is called to go out into the world and heal the sick and find the lost and remember the forgotten, and welcome the stranger, and speak to injustice, and heal the conflicted, and shield the joyous. Or as Jesus said in this morning's gospel, do unto others as you would have them do to you. 
Or, as Porter Taylor, the former bishop of Western North Carolina, once said, our growth into the likeness of Christ is corporate. We are not alone. We are not singular units. We are not rocks. We are not islands. We are together. Together as community, together as family, together as saints. A friend of mine emailed me a poem the other day. On one level, it's a very funny poem. And in it, there is a mention of a five-thumbed organist. But please know, Michael, this is no dig against you. But on another level, this poem says a lot about what the community of faith is called to be and what it is not called to be. In conclusion, I want to share some of it with you. This is the Monks of St. John's Violin for Prayer by Killian McDonnell. In we shuffle, hooded amplitudes, scapulared brooms, a stray earring, and flowing locks, blind in one eye, hook-nosed, handsome as a prince, and knows it, a five-thumbed organist, an acolyte who sings in quarter tones, one slightly swollen keeper of the bees, a carpenter minus a finger here or there, a stranded sailor, a Cassian scholar, in a word, eager purity and weary virtue. Last of all, the Lord Abbot, early old, shepherding the saints is like herding cats. These chariots and steeds of Israel make progress into church. A rumble of monks bows low and offers praise to the high God of gods who is faithful forever. In other words, we are all trying, striving, struggling, failing. And yet we are part of something, something larger, a community, the baptized, a church that worships a very faithful God. And together, we are all saints. Amen.